The following is a presentation of the Retro Network. Sequel Quest, episode 113, a sequel to the Christmas classic, Elf. Welcome to Sequel Quest, the podcast where Adam, Jeff, and Jeremy invite you on a cinematic journey to create prequels, sequels, and reboots to your favorite movie franchises. Joined by special guests along the way. Sequel Quest is go for long, so let the adventure begin now. Happy holidays, everyone, and welcome to this very merry episode of Sequel Quest. We're taking time off from toiling in Santa's podcast workshop to help you stuff your stocking full of fake movie pitches that will delight you from now until December 25th. So, allow me to introduce you to the Holly Jolly Christmas crew for this episode. First, leading a team of reindeer through the sky with the help of Shadow the Christmas Pup, it's Jeremy. Ho, ho, ho! Jeff couldn't join us tonight as he's currently on a journey through the seven levels of the candy cane forest, through the sea of twirly, swirly gumdrops, but you've still got me, everyone's favorite cotton-headed ninny-muggins, Adam. And returning to the podcast, spreading Christmas cheer by singing loud for all to hear, it's Keith! Yeah, you're my best buddy. I mean, we're pals. (laughs) We are glad to have you back. Are you ready for the holidays, Keith? Oh, yeah. Yeah, bring it on. <laughs> Sounds like a challenge, actually. Well, fat man's not getting by us. We got the Nerf guns <laughs> ready and the Super Soakers primed, so. All right. How about you, Jeremy? Got your shopping done? Uh, somewhat. Black Friday was good to me. We will see how things shake out. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, well, I, uh, I, in the meantime here, have been recruited to MC a Christmas lip sync battle. So... Oh, wow. <laughs> Yeah, I got that working for me. I got an elf costume, so I'm trying to work out all my bits and gags that are elf-related in between acts. Oh, I was going to say, was Mel Zorro going to make an appearance as an elf? <laughs> for those who don't know, Mel Zorro is my heavy metal alter ego, comes out for special events. Unfortunately, Mel was not tapped for this, but I do have like an elf costume from this movie, so it was very oh, no. fitting to... Uh... <laughs> to put that in there i'm just modifying it a bit for this character please tell me your jacket is longer than your your crotch yes well i'm actually i'm gonna be wearing instead of the yellow tights i decided that this elf is really getting his relaxation in before the big night so he's wearing pajama pants he's got a (laughs) bathrobe on not shaving you know he's doing his thing his way you know before he's gotta pull it all together but before we get into our memories of elf yes from 2003 by John Favreau. What is everyone's favorite performance by its star, Will Ferrell? Because as we know, he was on Saturday Night Live for many years. He's had an amazingly successful film career in comedy and drama occasionally, even his work with Funny or Die online. So let me ask you, Keith, what is your Will Ferrell of choice? I have to go when he is the love guru or whatever that was in the hot tub on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. The lovers. Yeah, it's it's the overly affectionate, nasty couple, basically. Sorry, man. I, was, I don't know why I think that's funny, but every time... 
That always seemed to be his his M.O. on Saturday Night Live, as he's always creating these awkward moments trying to get his fellow cast members to break up, especially Jimmy Fallon, who that ah. was kind of his trademark. Mm. Always Will Ferrell's fault. I actually was uh, in a hotel room just this last weekend and came upon a repeat of Will Ferrell on Jimmy Fallon just before Thanksgiving. And that's all they were talking about, was all the things that Will Ferrell had done <laughs> to ruin sketches. Yeah, I saw it in high school for some reason reason that's kind of high school humor or whatever but stuck with me what about the movies which of his movies do you think you come back to more than most probably night of the roxbury yeah of course that was also based off of a skit from snl cool how about you jeremy oh i mean even in the movies you have to take him in doses Kind of like Adam Sandler, like you can always go back to a classic movie, but you can only take him in doses. You can't do a a marathon of three or four movies of his without needing a palate cleanser. And and I'm not talking Mi Padre Su Casa or whatever that one (laughs) weird one is that was filmed here in Arizona. But when you do take your dose of Will Ferrell, Jeremy, which goes down the smoothest? It has to be him as... Alex Trebek on Celebrity Jeopardy. Oh, yes. With Sean Connery. Just, how'd you like that one, Trebek? <laughs> or Burt Reynolds or any of the others just laying into him. It's unfortunate that Jeff couldn't make it tonight because Will Ferrell is a comedy icon who Jeff and I have actually a special connection to because he went to our high school. Oh, wow. Yeah, he grew up in our hometown of Irvine, California, and was a theater kid like us at University High School. And we were big fans of his work on Saturday Night Live before we even knew he was an alumni. Like, Jeff and I would tape the show and just watch the sketches over and over again at his house together. So we we loved Will Ferrell, and I have to disagree, Jeremy, I can't get enough. They they could launch the Will Ferrell network, and I would always be amazed at what he would... bring out if they just gave him an hour a day to give us new material i'm sure he would entertain no 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 because then it would go down in flames like the dana carvey show also one of my favorites i binged recently <laughs> and that was after watching the documentary on the show too funny to fail it's called too funny to fail yes <laughs> well and i'm surprised you haven't said we need more will ferrell like he needs more cowbell you got it but you know two bits of trivia that kind of confirm that connection to our high school is that the cheerleader sketch he did with sherry o'terry where they were just the like spartan cheerleaders yeah that was a stand-in for our high school mascot which was the trojans so he just mixed ah. it up a little bit called them the spartan cheerleaders and then in a mary Catherine gallagher sketch it was when robert downey jr was the host they did a sketch about high schoolers playing spin the bottle then seven minutes in heaven and he's just like a minor character in the sketch but he's wearing his blue and gray asb polo shirt which is what we wore for student government so i remember seeing that sketch and i was like huh that's what actually led me to look through old yearbooks i was like wait did will ferrell go to our school and he had been elected to do the morning announcements at our high school and added comedy sketches to his routine and everything and i all those years later was elected to the same gig and i remember one of the teachers who had been there for about 20 years pulled me aside and said i reminded her 
of Will Ferrell with my brand of characters and ridiculousness, which was, it was totally overpraising any ability I had, but it was still awesome to hear at the time because that was my goal in life. Someday I'll be on Saturday Night Live and I'll do that. But in terms of SNL cast members from our high school, one of our contemporary classmates who Jeff and I did shows with, Nassim Pedrad, actually went on to be a cast member of right. Saturday Night Live for many years. And in a connection to this film, she became a regular on Zoe Deschanel's New Girl for several seasons. Mm, so it's just kind of yes. funny. It's all, it's a small world. You mean you weren't willing to wear American flag short shorts? Come on, Adam. I probably would have done anything. <laughs> Truth be told, yeah, Ugh. just uh, not where my, my life was headed. I had to do this podcast. Sequel Quest would not exist. <laughs> You'd do Poncho Man, but not short shorts. Gotcha. Poncho Paulo. You're pulling out all the characters tonight, Jeremy, for my You know, repertoire. we have to introduce new audience members to your old <laughs> repertoire, so. Yeah, but, you know, as far as actual movies of, of Will Ferrell's that are my favorites, you know, Anchorman, Undeniable Classic, Talladega Nights, Step Brothers, great offbeat buddy comedies. I, too, love A Night at the Roxbury, though Jeff claims I hated it when we saw it together in theaters. <laughs> but my favorite Will Ferrell performance is in a lesser-known film called Kicking and Screaming. Oh, I was yeah. Oh, it's great. It's it's basically like a Bad News Bears style movie where Will Ferrell's like a timid dad who coaches his son's soccer team of misfits, but eventually he gets hooked on coffee and becomes a super overbearing jerk. And Mike Ditka, the former coach of the yes. Chicago Bears, is his assistant coach. And there's this whole segment, which is my favorite. <laughs> he's having this meltdown and he's yelling at Mike Ditka, you're my assistant. You're supposed to back me up and get me a juice box when I tell you. So go get me a juice juice box dick is like i'm not your juice box boy you're crazy i'm not crazy i'm just thirsty <laughs> and then dick quits and just walks up he's like everybody wave bye bye to juice box wave literally wave parents too he's so <laughs> insane the spiral and you can tell it's just like will ferrell being let off the leash you know he could do whatever he wanted and it was just beautiful so <laughs> but that was actually in some ways one of his more family friendly films it's ridiculous but it's not like irreverent really and very many ways and so then is elf right jeremy why don't you tell the folks out there what it's all about buddy was an orphan baby who stowed away in santa's toy sack and wound up at the north pole later as he realizes that he is an adult human living amongst the elves santa allows him to go to new york to find his birth father walter hobbs who is on Santa's naughty list for being a heartless jerk, had no idea of Buddy's existence. Buddy, meanwhile, experiences the delights of New York City, human culture, and love, as only an elf can. When Walter's relationship with Buddy interferes with his job, he's forced to reevaluate his priorities, and Buddy saves Christmas. So... Keith, what is your connection to Elf? Did you see it in theaters? Where did you catch it first? Yeah, I remember seeing that one theaters with my family. And I walked out of it and I was a little bit stunned because it's been a while since I'd seen a good Christmas movie. But there wasn't any connection to Will Ferrell at all. I mean, I hadn't hadn't seen him from anything at that point. I was after elf that i went and i looked up you know the best of saturday night live and some of his other things that he was in wow so elf is your introduction to will ferrell that mm -hmm. is surprising huh because i know you're a comedy man so i thought you would have been connected there so that's interesting all right and uh, how about you jeremy uh, I honestly don't remember the first time I saw this, but I've seen this so many times that even today I was rewatching it again while the plumbers were tearing apart walls 
less than five feet away from me, and it had all of us rolling. <laughs> it's got its moments, and you just roll with the laughter. That's interesting. See, I was out of the country the Christmas that Elf was released, and I didn't even oh, know it right. existed until I got married in 2012. For some reason, <laughs> it totally passed me by in pop culture. I just never came across it. Nobody ever said, oh, we got to sit down and watch Elf, you know, but my wife owned it. And I was like, wow, this is hilarious. And I've only seen it like three or four times. Wow. It's a fresh film to me every time I see it. But Keith, do you have a, a favorite bit or a couple of scenes from this movie that you're always either quoting or just make you chuckle every time? I've been thinking about some of the things on his way to New York where he wants to hug the raccoon and uh, <laughs> the raccoon like eats his face. The part where he's walking in front of the cab and it just plows into him and i like the callback to that later on where he's like look out for the yellow ones they don't stop there's a, a million parts in that where he's down in the mail room dancing with the dude that he gets drunk and gets his face sucked up on the tube <laughs> that's really sucky francisco that's fun to say <laughs> how about you jeremy what, what were you and the plumbers laughing about today i completely forget that it's zoe deschanel in it she's blonde in this and and it's early like, I don't remember seeing her in any other movies, but I I think she was in a – it was a, a Jim Carrey movie shortly after that. Yes, Not, man. Yes, man, yes. And then she kind of changed up her look, and then it's the Zoe that we all know. But, yeah, just going back to this movie, the shower singing scene, the, the innocence of that scene where she's singing. She's already told him that she doesn't sing except on her own, and then – he joins in in this duet, and then there's the little freak-out moment, and it has some naive humor to it. And the fact that he gets screaming and runs into the door and <laughs> like, <Yeah>. falls over. <laughs> uh, I, I'm a big fan of the minor characters in this movie, especially, like, Cedric the Entertainer as the department store manager. He just cracks me up, just like, he's such a taskmaster, and he's so suspicious of Buddy, just like all his side glances he gives him, especially he's like, Christmas is my favorite! Now, working is your favorite. Buddy's showdown with Artie Lang as the store Santa. I mean, honestly, to me, there's no better line than... You sit on a throne of lies. <laughs> Just <laughs> the intensity with which he delivers that is so great. And that's actually a real common Will Ferrell style quote. Like in a lot of his movies, in Kicking and Screaming, he has a similar line where he's like, your name is Liar, because you're lying. You know, so he's, he's always, he loves to <laughs> call people liars. But I have to say my absolute favorite bit of physical comedy is the mini bottle of syrup in the sleeve. And yes. uh, this is just more proof that Will Ferrell and I are sync on sublevel because i actually filmed a similar gag with a friend of mine that same year elf came out as part of a comedy skit having not seen the movie at all only our joke had to do with keeping cookies in your sleeve to offer people as a snack mm. you know so based on a true story of my friends i won't go into now but apparently keeping a sweet treat in your sleeve was in the zeitgeist in 2003 i don't know what it was <laughs> But you know what I find interesting, too, is that this movie, I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but it was in development for like 10 years. It took wow. a decade to actually get made. And who do you think in 1993 would have been their first choice to play Buddy? Robin Williams? That probably would have been good if it was 83. 93, yeah. there's only one man. Jim Carrey? It was Jim Carrey. Excellent, Keith. Yeah. 10 points. 
So Jim Carrey was the choice, but apparently the script was like actually pretty dark though. It was like a PG-13 film mm. and it was it was not what was I guess uh, on the plate for Jim Carrey at the time and then it went through a couple rewrites and then you know Will Ferrell said yes but yeah th- like you alluded to earlier it has been a long time since there's been a Christmas movie in the modern era that people really have attached themselves to right like there's been lots of attempts I actually caught a few minutes of the uh, Paul Giamatti Vince Vaughn film Fred Claus the other night I was oh. like, this is actually not bad but I could see why you know it's not something the family wants to sit around and watch unless you got a dysfunctional family what do you guys think is the secret sauce here for Elf you know is it the syrup like what is it that they've been able to sprinkle on this to make it last so long well it's kind of just ageless humor like you don't see many of the jokes in there that haven't aged well yeah and it's not set in a specific era there's no pop culture references exactly there's a certain sort of innocence to it like buddy is this guy that's never been in the modern world and so it's it's kind of fun as an audience to discover things through his eyes I was thinking the same type of thing with like Wonder Woman, same kind of stuff, even though it's set in the early 20th century, still same kind of stuff. She's like exploring and, and discovering things. And I think that's what makes it a good movie. Yeah. That, that's the whole bit, right? Will Ferrell playing a five-year-old in a man's body, essentially. I'm sure he just studied his own kids and then just acted like they act. You know, I got a six-year-old and a four-year-old, and they are just like that. I think the other part, too, is that it pays homage, or rather it celebrates the classic Rankin-Bass stop-motion Christmas specials that, you know, have been played right. for ages. So it's like so many references to those up to his costume right his costume is just a direct lift from the rudolph special herbie wants to be a dentist <laughs> but like it, it is interesting how much you know over these 16 years it really has managed to be a pop culture touchstone for the the Christmas season because like my neighbors have a blow up buddy on their front lawn. The box <laughs> of Czech cereal on top of my fridge has a special recipe for Buddy the Elf mix, and yet no sequel. And you know we're going to discuss that tonight. But I think the thing that's interesting is they actually did in 2013 pitch a sequel to Will Ferrell that John Favreau was 100% on board for. Will Ferrell's like, nope, not interested. They offered him $29 million and he turned it down. Wow. But I think that's great, you know, because it shows that he appreciates what it is. You know, he can recognize how special that lightning in the bottle was, even though we're going to try our hand at capturing it again. At the same token here, how many actual sequels does he ever make? I mean, Anchorman and Anchorman 2, obviously. Right, and Anchorman 2 really had not such great return. Right, because I I think there were two cuts of that movie that were completely different movies. Yeah, Um, they they released a second film just made of outtakes before Anchorman 2, yeah. (laughs) Lego Movie 2, but he wasn't Uh, in it for very long. mm. But his bits were really good, though. Well, so that's the thing. Like, Will Ferrell, when he's in a skit or a sketch on SNL... He dives in. It's go for broke. However long this sketch is, however long it lasts, we're good. Movie rolls around. He does the same thing. He is all in on this character. And when it ends, eh, basically he's done with that character. Like he's done everything he can do with that character. 
I think it just helps them keep it fresh. Yeah, exactly. It's probably not exciting to come back and be put in a box. Well, this is what everybody expects of Buddy the Elf now, so you got to do this. It's less fun. Yeah, so having him not really want to reprise the role isn't surprising, honestly. But that doesn't mean they weren't willing to recast, because there was a stop-motion animated TV special in 2014. It's called Elf... Buddy's Musical Christmas, you know, is on network oh, no. TV. And it was actually based on the Broadway musical adaptation of Elf, which I didn't even know existed. Uh, and so that, that was actually a full on production. And it starred Jim Parsons from Big Bang Theory as Buddy. Right. And the only returning cast member that I'm aware of was Ed Asner reprising his role as santa and kind of the narrator but it was really just a a greatest hits kind of reimagining of the original right. film it wasn't a sequel per se that being said my kids watched it all the way through opposed to losing interest in the live action one eventually i showed them both back to back but yes check it out oh you can you can find it anywhere really but yeah so kind of interesting that will ferrell doesn't want to participate in this but we're gonna try to pitch to him a story that he just can't turn down so keith do you want to kick us off first thing i want to know what the pitch was to him the first movie hey you're gonna wear <laughs> tights and there's a love story in there somewhere but you're wearing tights and i don't i see don't i don't know how it would go so what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna go the total opposite way is i'm gonna give him something that You'd think he's going to say no to, but it's so out there. It's Will Ferrell. So here's what we do. It's a hour-long TV special, and it uh, starts off kind of familiar. You think, oh, it's a year without a Santa Claus. You know, Santa's sick, and he needs an elf in his sleigh, right? So he gets Buddy to go and deliver the presents for Christmas this year. And uh, he starts off all right, but then he... Runs into uh, this college kid, Kevin McAllister, digitally recreated <laughs> Macaulay Culkin. He's still alive. <laughs> He's still, yeah, you know, and the thing is, is that all he can see, like every shot that we get of Will Ferrell is just that curly top. And so he thinks it's Marv and he's like, oh, no. And so he starts, you know, booby trapping the place and all Buddy's trying to do is deliver presents. But uh, it just it's just a, a whole line. The whole movie is just a whole bunch of him just trying to deliver presents to everybody and uh, running into all of these like holiday movie shout outs so like the Grinch tries to shoot him down as he tries to approach the cave and you know it's a uh, hilarity ensues but eventually Buddy ends up making it just in time and finishes up delivering the last present to Ralphie in Cleveland Ohio <laughs> BB gun Red Rider shoots it up in the sky in celebration and shoots Buddy's eye out so there you go <laughs> Elf 2 wow Christmas mashup TV special and you know oh, that wow. Ralphie from A Christmas Story was in this movie. He was. I did not know that. Yeah. He, he... was the angry elf, wasn't he? Or the taskmaster yeah. in the red? Peter Billingsley. Because he and John Favreau are like partners in productions and things like that. So, I mean, you know, he's in the Iron Man movies. Right. So, yeah, that's interesting. Okay. But I like that because, yeah, there's so many opportunities. Like you say, you just bring in all these <laughs> different characters along his journey. And is it like a stage production? Is that kind of what you're seeing? Or is it a, is it actually filmed? I was saying straight up filmed. But, okay. Uh... I guess there is a lot of opportunity there for the stage. So. I was imagining like a cheesy 70s variety show, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mean not like the uh, 
quote-unquote live-action Little Mermaid or whatever. Well, I actually just watched uh, the SpongeBob SquarePants Broadway musical with my kids. Oh. I was like, wow, they really went for it. So I guess I got that on the brain, live <laughs> performance. You're just a goofy goober at heart. All right, well, I'll jump in here. So, again, like I say, this film, new, fresh to me. I only see more opportunity. I've lived with it for so few years at this point. So I present to you my pitch, Elf 2, Christmas is Cancelled. So... For the last 16 years, Buddy's been living in Los Angeles, having acclimated to life outside the North Pole, but still retaining his enthusiasm and optimism. Buddy works as a window display designer for various boutique stores in LA, since department stores don't really do that anymore. And he has a partner named Carl, who he believes is a mannequin that has come to life to inspire him, but is actually just a real mannequin, whose limbs keep breaking off as Buddy tries to force it into acting out the conversations he sees in his imagination. This is, of course, a major inconvenience to his wife, Jovi, who's tired of having to engage Carl the Mannequin in conversation when it is over for dinner. Their daughter, (laughs) Susie, is a cynical 16-year-old who openly rebels against her father's optimism with sarcasm and is constantly taking advantage of Buddy's naivete just to get her own way. Susie has declined to participate in Christmas this year, and so Buddy decides the best idea is to send Susie on a trip to visit her grandma. Grandpa, Papa Elf, Bob Newhart, at the North Pole for the summer to help her find the joy of the season. Papa Elf is not totally sure how to handle Susie's attitude, so he gives her a chance to help out in the workshop. Unfortunately, Susie disrupts the Christmas preparation by getting the elves hooked on social media. Instead of making toys, they start to spend their days taking, quote, elfies and filming (laughs) unboxing videos of all the new toys of the season for their YouTube channels. Meanwhile, Susie has a conversation with Santa where she tells the old man that kids are over it. Santa could never get as many hits as the top YouTubers with his tired old routine. Goodwill towards men is nothing compared to getting a million subscribers for being ridiculous. Everybody wants the next big thing for nothing. Not having present delivery predicated on good behavior. So, giving Susie a change of pace and getting her out of Santa's hair, Papa Elf lets her tend to the reindeer, which ends badly as the little punk purposely feeds the animals microwave burritos so that when Santa takes them for a drive during his summer vacation, the noxious fumes cause the big man and Mrs. Claus to pass out and crash into the Bermuda Triangle. With the news of Santa being lost leaking out through Elf social media, hashtag Christmas is cancelled goes viral, and soon commerce worldwide is thrown into chaos. Stores are closing, and Buddy loses his job. Lurking in the shadows is Ted Turkey, a descendant of the original Pilgrims who is tired of Thanksgiving being overshadowed by Christmas. He decides that with the loss of Santa, now is the time to push Thanksgiving allegiance in the public consciousness by creating a mythical figure called Tom Turkey, who will deliver presents to children on Black Friday from his Tesla. TV movie tell Tom's tale. New Thanksgiving carols are written and FaceTime sessions with a CGI Tom Turkey replace in-store visits to sit on Santa's lap, allowing Ted to collect marketing data direct from consumers and sell it to toy manufacturers for big bucks. Determined to save Christmas, Buddy, Jovi, and Susie set out for the Bermuda Triangle to find Santa and Mrs. Claus, and in the process managed to mend their frayed family situation by learning to rely on each other again. 
Also during the adventure, Carl the Mannequin is lost in what Buddy believes to be a heroic sacrifice, but was really just Jovi throwing the nuisance in the mouth of a shark that was trying to eat them. (laughs) Santa and Mrs. Claus are rescued from an island where they've been living like survivalists combating evil mermaids. Returning to the North Pole, the Christmas crew now have to restore joy to the world by announcing that Santa has returned, but it falls on deaf ears. It turns out Susie was right. The world is all on board with a holiday that leaves out the focus on giving and good behavior, forgetting extravagant gifts to show off on social media for likes. It looks like Christmas is canceled for good. But Ted Turkey goes too far when, during a conversation he has with Buddy and Santa, the mad turkey tyrant mocks the mindless public for gobble, gobble, gobbling up whatever he puts in front of them with the footage being broadcast during the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, tanking his plan. In the end, Susie feels bad for having ever bought into this attitude and writes a song called Ring the Bells that she performs on the Santa Claus float at the end of the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, which uh, ends with the whole crowd ringing bells and... And saying what they are thankful for as credits roll. All right. Jeremy, what did you have for us? Well, we kind of had similar thought process here, so we will see. All right. Little Susie has grown up, visiting the North Pole all her life, and now she's entered middle school. And the kids around her are beginning to shun her as a Christmas believer, nearly convincing her that Santa and the elves, who she's known all of her life, aren't real and don't have real Christmas magic. Buddy and Jovi realize that she needs to strengthen her belief in Santa by going on her own coming-of-age journey to the North Pole this coming Christmas Eve Eve. Our journey starts with Buddy and Jovi watching Susie walk through the Lincoln Tunnel on her way to the sea of swirly-twirly gumdrops, the seven levels of the Candy Cane Forest, and onward to the North Pole. She arrives just in time to save the day and ride shotgun with Santa on Christmas Eve, returning home via the sleigh and reigniting the hope, joy, and belief in Santa for all her friends. Susie the Triumphant. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's see how the vote falls. Adam, who are you voting for? I gotta say, uh, like you said, we we had very similar pitches in terms of, you know, Susie's story, but I am kind of attracted to Keith's idea for this open-ended Christmas special. (laughs) We just bring in as many characters as you can for hilarity, so I gotta vote for Keith. Keith, where do you fall? I vote for Adam's like the Bermuda Triangle. So that'd be funny. So yeah, I'm going to vote with Adam. All right. Well, I also vote Adam just because it leans more towards mine. (laughs) Sometimes that's how it goes. All right. Well, so what did you guys see in there that might need a little bit of tweaking or explanation? let Let me say this. For those who didn't catch it, Buddy's connection to Carl the Mannequin is a play on the 80s film Mannequin and Mannequin 2 on the move. Wait, is this the mannequin that's in the front window with him while he's sleeping there? spooning it <laughs> it's very possible yes okay yeah so but it was supposed to be that idea that it, he thinks it's that movie but it's not it's just a regular mannequin then the other side of this too is that you got your ted turkey who's who's doing his work to bring thanksgiving did you guys feel like his diabolical plan was pretty clear i don't want uh, susie to join the dark side kind of wanted her to be like 
Oh, Turkey. All right. You know. Okay. I, th- I think we could definitely work that in. Yeah, where she would have a, a moment to actually buy into it. I'll be like, you see, this is what I told you. And it's working out pretty well. Because, yeah, she probably didn't want to go and save Santa. You're right. So she would embrace the dark side and it would be to her father and mother to entice her back to the light in order to help save Christmas. And then what about the whole storyline of Jovi being annoyed by Carl? Do you like that? Because my my wife was like, that's ridiculous. (laughs) I was like, that's the point. Will Ferrell's going to want this to work with, you know? It is ridiculous, and I do agree with her. Being jealous of a of a mannequin that might work <laughs> it would definitely stretch her as an actress i would think so i mean that's cool actually you know see how far she can push that like okay yeah how jealous are you of this mannequin really <laughs> well that, that's how i feel like zoe de chanel is so good at like that i'm over it attitude so she could play super annoyed very easily you know i, I think it's right in her wheelhouse but yeah that it drives her to <laughs> push him away i mean that was obviously in that moment where carl gets eaten by the shark it would be a nod to castaway with tom hanks wilson (laughs) ah carl you'd have that whole moment i love castaway i mean i was gonna say our other option would have been to use a little christmas magic and make the mannequin actually come to life and sacrifice himself That actually is not a bad idea, because here's the other thing my wife was not on board with. I love my wife. She's like, oh, this is pretty good. And then she's like, then you had to throw in evil mermaids? (laughs) (laughs) Now, let me tell you, my my envisioning of how the evil mermaids work is, because this kind of, there was a Pirates of the Caribbean film with evil mermaids. But I mm, like true. the idea that, but you know, it's ocean water, but they can like go underneath the ground and wherever there's this little spring of water, they can jump around and then they kind of create new spaces so they can, you know, surround you. They could like come after you. I, I guess there'd have to be something they want from Santa and Mrs. Claus. What do you guys think that would be? What, what is it that the mermaids are after? Could be a lot of stuff. Magic sack, eighth reindeer. Okay, so these mermaids, are they like interdimensional no they're just in the bermuda triangle they're like mythical creatures because that was the other criticism i got it was like this is ridiculous i'm like there were talking snowmen in the first elf mythical creatures exist right but at the north pole maybe it's santa has some kind of key that allows them to exit the bermuda triangle well he would have done that to begin with he wouldn't have to be saved I wonder if that could be a twist, though. Maybe it's that Santa kind of also, he really is downtrodden by what Susie told him, that he kind of bought into that. He's like, well, I guess this is what people want. Maybe they, like, get a radio transmission or something, and they see that everybody's all about this Black Friday celebration now for Thanksgiving. So he's like, oh, well, maybe we'll just stay here on the island then. So could these uh, evil mermaids just be, rather than sirens, where they attract you with their singing voice, I'm sure they can sing some Christmas carols in a very (laughs) creepy manner, but what if they are like negative soothsayers? Like, they feed off of your doubt. And the Mm. way that Santa has traveled through this area in the past is he doesn't have any doubt. He rides off of his Christmas joy. And yeah. so now that he's been knocked down a few pegs, he's now susceptible to additional negative doubts and thoughts. And and so they've 
kind of verbally trapped him within the Bermuda Triangle. This is good. This is good. We got some <laughs> pathos for Santa. You know, he's is this, this is a dark time for him? We got to pull him out <laughs> of his funk. Yeah, that was the alternate ending that Carl Weathers comes in and gets him in the eye of the tiger, and then he can get off the Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> they teaches him to tap it in, just tap it in. <laughs> no, he's just gonna bust in and go Mando. <laughs> But no, I think that's really good, Jeremy. I think that's an excellent development. If you're going to justify evil mermaids, let them feed off bad vibes. <laughs> let them be equivalent to the slime in Ghostbusters 2. Yes. Which is also technically a Christmas movie, if you think about it. Yeah? All leading to New Year's Eve. Is there anything that you guys would like to add to the mythos of Tom Turkey? Because originally I actually had him riding on a flying jet ski. But again, I was told, no, no, no. If you're going for excess, what's the most excessive thing right now? Everybody buying their Teslas, getting on the waiting list. And so I was like, oh, well, that's I mean, very good. Having his own mechanical flying turkey would be the excess that you'd go for. But he is a turkey. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he rides a Thanksgiving float of a turkey? He goes by air balloon? I I don't know. <laughs> Starting to sound oddly Dr. Robotnik here, always, you know, making a little bit that are shaped like him <laughs> fly around on. Well, speaking of which, so, you know, Jim Carrey coming up to play Dr. Robotnik here in the Sonic right. the Hedgehog movie. Let's talk a little bit about casting then, because I think, you know, you have Will Ferrell in this. Who do you get to play the nemesis? Who is this Ted Turkey? So who who to voice him because we aren't doing a, a CGI bodysuit or anything. Well, let, let me let me clarify. Ted Turkey is human. Tom Turkey is his icon, his Santa Claus oh. that he is manufacturing and pushing to the masses. So there, there's the evil corporate businessman, and then there's, you know, the character that he is using to mm. gain his fortune and self-worth, I guess. Well, I'll tell you who I'd want. Yeah? Alan Arkin. Alan Arkin, wow. Alan Arkin. I, just, I could just see him doing that. It's that old man not really caring about type of stuff. I think he'd make an excellent villain. Truth be told, yeah, he doesn't play villains very often. He kind of is just the aloof old man. And in this case, if he's got a little bit more oomph to him... That could be an interesting twist on it all. Uh, Neil McDonough is who I was thinking of. Haven't seen him since Captain America, the first Avenger. Right. Uh, he did reappear on Agent Carter. He has done some stuff. He's been a villain on the CW, but he can definitely play a, a jovial, dark villain. So he'd be kind of charismatic and he'd, he'd be able to switch back and forth. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I was imagining somebody a little bit younger. No offense, Keith. I mean, Alan Arkin <laughs> is a, an icon, but I, at the same time, I'm kind of like, I don't know if he has the energy that we're looking for here. <laughs> yeah, not quite. Yeah, I mean, I, I could see Neil McDonough. I always go with Ty Burrell. I don't know. He of just course. seems evil to me, and yet everybody knows him as like this goofy dad, right, on Modern Family. <laughs> That's not how I see him. But I, I think Neil McDonough would be good because it seems like he's not an obvious choice so it's kind of like coming around like oh that guy okay unless we really want to create something where we're saying like let's get another snl cast member in there just to kind of spice it up in that way like so if you got like a chris Catan as a wormy kind of like oh yeah 
Thanksgiving time, baby. But he's just got he's got the momentum <laughs> behind him. So people, you know, he's doing crazy dances and he's coming up with all his ideas and pushing them on people, reuniting them again. You know, his adversaries this time could be pretty funny. I can see that working. Well, I was gonna say either that or use him as the voice of the oh, turkey. Oh, that's great. That's perfect, Jeremy. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So Chris Kattan as Tom Turkey. <laughs> I love it already. I mean, maybe he can play a, a, a dual role so he gets some actual FaceTime and turkey time. <laughs> As the voice of the turkey, but also as, like, the assistant to Turkey. Yes. He's coming up with some of the ideas. So you get some of the creative genius, and he's a rival. Maybe he's a former elf that always hated Buddy. And so he crossed the aisle and has joined up with the evil uh, (laughs) Turkey empire. Chris Kattan definitely got the elf stature. I could see it working. That's not bad, yeah. But I feel like at the end, it should be that Ted Turkey is treating him so poorly that he does kind of switch Double back cross. to the Christmas yeah. spirit. And he's the one who films the tirade and pushes it out there on the, the Thanksgiving Day Parade broadcast. So yeah, I think that'll work well. Uh, the other person, though, we really have to focus on is Susie. So who who is the, the young actress who's going to get out there? Now, my first concept, because I, I feel like she's just the go-to right now, is Haley Steinfeld. Yeah, let's uh, let's not go that yeah. route. <laughs> <laughs> um, what age range are we looking here? The film is 16 years old. The baby was being born at that final moment of the film. So to me, it's she's 16 17 somewhere in there so i don't know who you would grab from the disney channel is what we're always thinking of right <laughs> I like there's this show i do not understand i just see the merchandise everywhere some girl called jojo I'm like do we get oh, jojo yeah. in this i don't know what jojo is <laughs> get back jojo um do you guys watch sabrina on netflix Oh, the new one. Kiernan Shipka. I peeked at it. I mean, she could kind of play a cross between those two. A less obvious choice is always good, yeah. Right. Johnny Depp's daughter? Did not know she was making a legacy move there. Well, they were mostly roles with Kevin Smith movies of late. Oh, really? So she she was in there with Kevin Smith's daughter? Yeah, and then so she they're was the friends. other one. Okay. Yes. So what yoga hosers and all those movies? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember hearing Kevin Smith, you know, way back when talking about how his kid went to school with Johnny Depp's kid. So I can see that. But I like that idea of pulling like a Netflix star out and giving him a feature film role. So the new Sabrina is getting in on this. That seems like that would work. What about uh, Natalia Dyer off of Stranger Things, Nancy Wheeler? I think she could, she's, uh, she's totally the type of, like, especially with that character, at least that's the only thing I've seen her play, but she could totally ruin Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, Jeremy and I were just talking off air how Finn Wolfhard just ends up in anything that's an 80s property film. It, you know, oh, it's the 80s, get Finn Wolfhard. Oh, we're getting this new Ghostbusters movie, get Finn Wolfhard. So yeah, give Nancy, get his sister. (laughs) I mean... His agent is working overtime and making a lot of money because he keeps getting cast in just about everything. If we're going to be on Stranger Things, what about the the girl who teamed up with Steve in season three? 
because she was awesome and she's like totally got the attitude you know what i'm saying because she's also a legacy daughter ethan hawk's daughter yeah yeah maya hawk she can play a little younger yeah that's getting closer that's good i think she would actually be great in this role now that now that i'm thinking about it yeah just because that was kind of her whole thing right is to kind of shoot down everything steve was all about and just challenge him at every turn and that's kind of what we're we're looking at here so all right come on maya hawk you got it and yeah so i think that's it for new cast members unless like you're saying jeremy if we bring carl to life at some point so the mannequin maybe maybe that is like the christmas miracle at the end that santa grants to buddy for christmas morning then carl comes in and i'm trying to think who would be the best friend you know that you want just everybody's favorite guy that people would be so happy they'd be like oh well i mean he'd still look like the mannequin so it's just got to be off of voice I mean, Keenan Thompson. Oh, okay. I mean, so that's the voice that Will Ferrell hears all the time whenever they're talking? Yes, we hear it, but nobody else hears it. So (laughs) we and Buddy both hear the voice throughout, and then at the end, the mannequin actually gets up and does things. That's true, because who doesn't like Keenan Thompson? He's like the most lovable guy. Something has to get him off SNL at some point. Good Burger 2, do it! Oh, yeah. I think I heard something about that being in production because they're doing a pop-up Good Burger restaurant. Yeah. The same people who did the Max, the Save by the Bell restaurant that I never got to go to. Mm. I'm so upset. I was so close that they closed it like a few weeks before I was going to be in L.A. And I was like, man. But yeah, so I think that's that's really good, though. Yeah, Keenan Thompson would be awesome. Just because I love him, I, I do also want to put Cedric the Entertainer in some sort of cameo. I think he'll be the one in charge of the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. So he'll just be there, like, bossing people and around. And everything and goes wrong. <laughs> exactly. So he's just freaking out the whole time. <laughs> I think that'd be great. Because just his reaction shots, if nothing else, would be amazing. Wait, hold up. Cedric the Entertainer has a Christmas album? <laughs> I'm going to have to check in on that uh, one, then. Apparently, the top headline is uh, TMZ has him singing a cappella version of his Christmas ca- his Christmas album. Well, something to add to the playlist this All year. All right. <laughs> well, there you have it. Elf 2, Christmas is canceled. Keith, thank you for coming back. Absolutely. A Merry Christmas to you and yours. And with that, we will bid you adieu until our next episode, which, if you want to know, it's very exciting. Yes, we will be coming back. Our new episode for January is going to be Plan 9 from Outer Space. Yes, the Edward classic, formerly the worst movie ever made until a few others came around to dethrone it in the 80s and the 90s. So we'll get into that discussion for sure and see if we can create a worse film. (laughs) I don't know where we're going to take this. But in the meantime as well, something exciting here on the Retro Network. I am actually launching a new podcast and if you are down with comic books, especially if you were a collector in the 90s when that whole market just exploded. I and former Sequel Quest guest of many episodes, Michael Canetti, are launching Wizards, the podcast guide to comics, wherein each episode we will 
re-examine the comic book industry in the 1990s, starting with Wizard issue number one, what was being published, what were the trends, we're going to play games, we're going to be talking about wacky events that happened in comics during that time, through the pages of Wizard magazine, which really was the most popular source for information back in the day. If you got a friend who's into comic books, let him know all about it. By the time you hear this, we will have dropped our preview episode on the retro network feed of wizards the podcast guide to comics so let me know what you think and until next time all right little one come to poppy no not you buddy we thank you for listening to this episode of sequel quest and invite you to continue the fake movie fun on social media submit your ideas for future episodes to sequelquestpod at gmail.com or sqpod on twitter the films and characters discussed on sequel quest are the property of their respective studios and license holders no copyright infringement is intended this has been a presentation of the retro network